Welcome to NORAC podcast number five. I am your host Paul, and today with my colleague Boroka, we will talk to Prof. Ji Liu about his article, co-authored with Prof. Gita Steiner Ramsey, entitled "Human Capital Index and the Hidden Penalty for Non-Participation in International Large-Scale Assessments (ILSAs)." The article is available on the NORAC website at norag.org in our news and blog sections. You can find NORAG on social media, on Twitter at NORAG, on Facebook at NORAG.network. Jiliu is a professor of comparative education and economics of education at the Tin Ka Ping School of Education, Shanxi Normal University. He is also senior research associate at NORAG. Gita Steiner Ramsey is a professor of comparative and international education at the Teachers College, Columbia University and a professor at the Graduate Institute Geneva. She's also the director of NORAG. I leave the floor now to Boroka for a discussion with the paper's lead author, Professor Jiliu. Boroka, the floor is yours. Dear G, first of all, thank you for accepting to speak in this podcast. Your study examines the World Bank's new Human Capital Index, a measure which aims to find new information about the future productivity of each country's workforce by synchronizing the ILSAs and regional test programming results. Can you please talk to us a little bit more about your research and your work for NORAG? Thank you, Baroka and Paul, for having me on the podcast. Um, I am currently working as a senior research associate with NORAG, primarily. Uh, focus on running the NORAG highlights and debates. Uh, on the side, I also help with uh, you know ad hoc uh, analytical uh, reports uh, and research for uh, you know projects that come up. For instance, um, uh, with the SDC backstopping team, and also more recently uh, the GPKIX project. Could you please talk to us about why you decided to examine the reliability of the World Bank's new Human Capital Index? Um, first of all, there is a huge expansion in uh, ILSA participation internationally. In 2018 alone, there were 75 countries and territories that participated in PISA. More than uh, 600,000 students were mobilized and tested. In 2019, you know there were 60 uh, countries that participated in the most recent uh, TIMS test. So again, there is a uh, global increase in terms of the number of students tested and also the number of countries that are participating in such tests. Uh, in addition, there is also uh, you know, uh, a proliferation of new uh, ILSA-related products, especially testing products. So for instance, there is PISA for development, there is PISA for schools, and there is most recently PISA for babies or five-year-olds. So what, the, what these means is that ILSA is expanding ex engagement with different levels of stakeholders, um, not only at the national level, but also now at the sub-national level through uh, PISA for schools. Uh, in the past, it has only been OECD countries that's taking part in PISA, but now it's expanded to non-member countries uh, and also low- and middle-income countries. Uh, and PISA, uh, PISA for baby, PISA for five-year-olds, um, you know, represents a new age group 
that Pisa is engaging with. You know, in the past, it's been 15-year-olds. Now, five-year-olds are being tested. So under this uh, backdrop, uh, against this backdrop, there are two new developments, right, in this ILSA's global expansion movement. Uh, and, and we feel that it wor it's worth examining. The first is there seems to be a preoccupation with linking test accountability to uh, the global learning crisis. And secondly, there is, uh, you know, uh, there is a, a development of new technical tools that attempts to push countries to reconsider their ELSA participation decisions, especially for those countries that have been previously partial and non-participants. So Human Capital Index from the World Bank sits at sort of the, the, the epic center of these two new developments. Uh, firstly, Human Capital Index was devised as a direct response from the World Bank to address the learning crisis. Secondly, this new technical metric that the World Bank developed is uh, in our study shown to penalize countries that have chosen alternative non-standardized pathways for measuring learning. So in the age of ILSA expansion, um, it is our worry that these new developments will bring about uh, a surplus of assessment that students are increasingly participating in, countries uh, uh, administering and sponsoring, but the predominant policy advice have remained singular, that countries must measure learning, must adopt testing, and intervene in education policies with a list of pre-described, uh, pre-subscribed uh, uh, policy interventions in order, again, this is a very new development, not to only improve education quality and learning, but also to address and improve the future productivity of workers. Thank you very much. Um, and what do your findings tell us about the limitations of the World Bank Human Capital Index? It comes in two um, areas where we uh, discuss uh, the perils of the World Bank's uh, Human Capital Index. The first is that we show that there, we're not the first ones to show that uh, the Human Capital Index, uh, which is based on uh, ILSA results, is incomparable across different test programs. We show, uh, we, we summarize the literature on this and we, f we uh, find pr uh, primarily four reasons why ILSAs are not comparable. So on the first cluster of studies, scholars you know, uh, find that ILSAs and regional assessments are run by very different testing agencies and they're very, mu very much in objective domain and design. So uh, we see that there are two different clusters of test programs, the first being competency skills-based, such as PISA and PEARLS, and another cluster of programs that are more closely aligned with curriculum, and that's TIMS and SECMEC. So these test objectives are, uh, are you know, uh, differences will translate into very different test outcomes. Secondly, participating countries 
target population and sampling approach vary drastically across different programs. Um, so we'll, I'll address this a little bit more when I discuss the empirical findings, but there are many, many, you know, scholars that, that identify the differences uh, in terms of how um, sampling approaches differ by test pro program. Thirdly, um, it is very worrying that ILSAs um, do not uh, isolate the influence on non-school factors. You know, it takes uh, school factors and non-school factors as a whole and evaluate that uh, in terms of student uh, test scores. There are many, many studies that show uh, the underlying family, cultural, and measurement-related uh, issues are, you know, hold large influence on um, test scores, on the differences, on the variations in test scores. Fourthly, uh, there are also considerable differences in terms of uh, measurement technology, testing technology. For one, uh, you know, there is a mode effect that's been shown between um, computer-based and paper-based uh, testing. And PISA and TIMS are, um, you know, not uh, sort of unanimous in terms of whether they are using uh, computer-based or they're using paper-based. So on the empirical side, we sort of directly test sort of the, the, the some of these uh, arguments. For one, we show that uh, the test overlap and non-overlap countries are very, very different. Um, in the regional SECMAC case, we show that Botswana, which is the only test overlap country uh, that is uh, you know, used in the World Bank's human capital index calculation exercise between SECMAC and TIMS, um, this uh, or, uh, test overlap country, Botswana, is twice as wealthy in terms of uh, per capita GDP uh, and provides you know, one additional year of formal primary education on average to its citizens. So um, this raises you know, a lot of question regarding how comparable are, you know, the participants who participate in regional tests and those that participate in ILSAs at the country level. Secondly, we also document, you know, the large sampling differences that occur within the same test pro, uh, within the same country for the uh, same test year. We show that uh, there are huge differences uh, discrepancies in terms of target population coverage. For instance, uh, in Lebanon uh, and uh, uh, Buenos Aires, which you know, took part in both PISA 2015 and TIMS 2015, they, average on, uh, they on average uh, show, exhibit a, a difference in terms of target population coverage you know, between 30 to 40%. And also, uh, this sampling uh, difference translates into very different uh, student characteristics uh, when you look at the average students that participate that takes these tests. So in Georgia and in Jordan, uh, which both took took part in PISA and TIMS 2015, um, they have uh, you know a, a two year difference in terms of the sample mean age between PISA and TIMS with you know PISA at 15.9 years old, and Tim's only at 13.7 uh, years old. So these 
sampling differences doesn't just end there, but they translate into this uh, formula that the bank uses, which relies heavily on the intertest exchange rate. We show, you know, on our um, uh, in our empirical analysis that this intertest exchange rate is highly volatile, depending which countries are considered test overlap. On you know um, by through our you know uh, predictions, we see that uh, for the for for an average country scoring at five hundred points, you know uh, the the volatility in terms of the intertest exchange rate will translate into as much as a 70-point difference. So this is quite considerable. Thank you. And in your article, you suggest that the new human capital index may penalize governments that have chosen alternative, non-standardized paths for measuring learning outcomes of students, and that this has contributed to a rise in the participation in the ILSAs and test-based accountability reform. Can you explain to us why this is the case? So what we've tried to show in the final empirical section of our study is that test type alone explains 58% of the variation in the HLO scores that the bank calculates. So it is especially troubling also to see that the majority of these partial and non-participants in ILSA are those from low and uh, lower middle income countries. We control for a wide variety of uh, uh, variables, including test year, region fixed effects, uh, you know, income level, and this score penalty continues to show up. Uh, and you know, at uh, at one point, it equates to at least one full year of learning. So this penalty that's generated simply because of the methodology used to generate to compute the human capital index creates an incentive for realignment, right? Re, for countries to reconsider their decisions on whether to participate in ILSA, regional test programs, or simply not participate at all. So um, this has huge implications for uh, the world moving forward because the bank is pushing for using the, HI, uh, the human capital index um, as a uh, measure uh, in its assessment and reassessment of loans. So for instance, uh, you know, in the new regional human capital plan for Africa, the human uh, capital index is cited heavily and it is used to justify uh, new uh, uh, sort of aid projects that's happening uh, across Africa, laying out the aims for uh, the next uh, couple years uh, in terms of development uh, objectives. In addition, um, you know, country briefs and reports, you know, uh, for instance, like the Pakistan at 100 shaping the future and the future drivers of growth in Rwanda, these country briefs and reports are also citing human capital index heavily. And this represents a broader sort of issue uh, thinking about uh, harmonizing uh, different ILSA programs, at the same time pushing countries to reconsider their decisions to participate or not participate uh, in ILSAs, and also change or transform the meaning um, for education. 
through Human Capital Index, the World Bank is uh, pushing for for a renewed uh, interest, but at the same time, also shifting the axis of uh, the the meaning of education from access in the EFA era to learning in the ILSA uh, you know uh, years, and now to a new um, link with uh, worker productivity. So this is uh, what we try to summarize um, and, 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 and discuss in our paper um, that examines the Human Capital Index. Thank you, G, for chatting to Boroka and I about your research. And once again, thank you, Boroka, for leading the discussion. In this time during which our listeners might be working from home due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Norag wishes to bring you content which is relevant to your work and interests and which you can enjoy from the comfort of your homes. We hope you stay safe and look forward to seeing you next time on the NORAC podcast, your podcast on global development in education policies and practice.